Today on the podcast, I'm welcomed by Bree Higgins and John Cunningham. Bree is a partner and general manager of Cunningham's Real Estate. She leads up a team of 70 and prides herself on the ability to manage a team of high performers while still managing a strong and positive culture. John is the owner and principal director, opening Cunningham's in 1991 with his wife, Anne. John's innovation and personal approach, coupled with his expertise and intimate knowledge of the market, have set Cunningham's up as a benchmark business in the industry. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Angus. Thank you. I guess what we really want to get into today is you guys are known not just in New South Wales, but more broadly across the whole industry as being innovators in the space and also a market leader, as I said before. I just want to kind of deep dive into some of the things of how you're thinking about culture for the future, succession, going bigger, moving into new markets. So to kick things off, Bree, I might just start with you. Can you give us a bit of a rundown of the culture you've built inside of the business and understand how it operates from a very strong set of values? Sure. I think for us, it it really all starts at the beginning with our recruiting and onboarding. We try and get the right people sitting in the right seats, heading in the right direction. And then we follow that through um, with regular sessions and the team reinforcing, reminding the importance of the DNA and our team manifesto on culture. You know, John and Anna have done an amazing job starting that 30 years ago. Um, and now that we've grown to a large organisation, it's still really important for us to keep those family, DNA, people first values. So really building on from the foundation of, of what John has set up and really bringing that to life. And I know that personally, and I know that a lot of people inside a domain as well, when they go into your business, there's a really good sense of everyone's happy and really excited to be there every single day when you walk in there, which is a really great culture to be a part of, even for us when we're coming into your office. So I think that that's an amazing thing that you've been able to instill in all of your people across all of your businesses. And obviously that extends, I assume, John, when you're in market and talking to customers that those values then stem onto the customers that help you win business, I assume, as well. Yeah, you, you would hope that that was important. And, and clearly that's about choosing the right people to work with and choosing the right people to work with internally and externally. So for us, you know, we know that not everyone's on 100% on fire every day. Not everyone's uh, at their high. People can go into their lows, but it's about creating the right environment for those people to flourish. So for us, um, we're very aware that we, you know, we can build the best culture, the best environment to work in, and we can attract the right people. But then it's that nurturing through that, so caring along the way to make sure that we actually keep people at their best. And it's also the same in the, in the community. You know, there's certain people who we don't want to deal with. You know, they just don't fit our, our fit. There's certain people that probably don't want to deal with us because we don't fit their fit. You only get one sort of chance at doing this the way that you want to do it. Uh, so why would you compromise? And I think that's, that's hopefully how the whole team sees the way that we do business. I realised many, many years ago, there were certain types of people I just didn't want to deal with. You know, that was a, an interesting decision. People sort of said, why did you walk away from those sectors in the market? And it was because they just didn't work for me. I, I, there was too much stress. There was too much ambiguity. There was, um, you know, basically a whole lot of BS going on. Mm. And, and life's too short for that. So hopefully that's the sort of culture we've instilled with the team and say so you only get one shot at life, make it a good one. Yeah. And I think um, amongst all of that, there's a lot of discipline that obviously takes place in it, being disciplined about what you're going to do and what you're not going to do, as you've said. A big part of that obviously is technology and how it plays a role in your business, probably more so now than it did three or four years ago. I'd like to hear from both of you, and I might start with you, Bree. 
is some of the insights that you've seen and the change and the rapid change that you've seen through COVID, particularly with adoption of technology and how you're kind of thinking about structuring your business for the future and how do you go about making a decision of whether you're going to implement or bring a new piece of technology into your business? Yeah, sure. I think, um, you know, there's a few things that we want to leave behind with COVID, but there's also a bunch of things that we're going to take forward within the business. The rate of change, like you said, in the industry is just happening exponentially. And I think Cunningham's has done a pretty good job over the last 12 to 18 months of adopting things much faster than maybe previously we would have. We're now using real-time agent for all digital exchanges, compliance, auctions. You know, there's no signing on paper. Um, We've got all our proposal points happening digitally. Um, The technology that we're using in our property management department, we have our property. So, you know, lease signings, lease renewals, all of that automation that's happening has transformed our business. The efficiencies and the effectiveness that we're getting out of those um, has been fantastic. I think, like you said too, you know, prop tech every day, John and I are getting phone calls with some new piece of technology that someone wants to introduce to us. Um, And we have gotten much better over the last 12 months in making decisions on what is going to kind of achieve the goals and outcomes that we want. I think it's quite easy to see there's bright new shiny objects that you need to jump on. And sometimes we do have to keep John in his lane (laughs) Um, and kind of really analyse, is this something that the business needs now? Is it something that the business may need in, you know, six to 12 months or is it something that we're comfortable to park and really focus on the products and the solutions and the platforms that we've currently got and make sure we're trying to use those as, as best we can. And John, what about you? I mean, you've been in the industry for a lot longer than, than Bree and I. What are some of the big changes and trends that you've seen over the last five, ten years? Yeah, look, it's been an interesting journey because, you know, there was this big disruption concept put out there and I called it actually not disruption, I called it distraction. There was so much <laughs> distraction going on. Yeah. And, you know, you were constantly looking at that, as Bree said, that bright, shiny object that says, this is going to make my life easier and, and better. And it wasn't necessarily about easier and better. That was like a byproduct if you, if you understood that whatever technology you're going to take, take on, is it making your business more efficient um, and therefore more effective? Mm-hmm. So those two sort of um, rules, I suppose, you apply to every bit of technology. So is there a saving here? Sometimes there was a saving there, but it actually created more work over here. So the congruence of technology and, and the personal interaction with, with the people we're dealing with is the key for us. So we're now looking at technology as being able to enable us to provide better face-to-face service, which Mm. is to us still where you win business. But if you've got everything behind the scenes and the communication channels, and Bree mentioned the proposal point uh, as an example, when we look at the five touch points between the the time we book an appraisal, in other words, either we get a phone call or we make a phone call to book an appraisal, there's five touch points between that time when we see them. So three of those are digital. Two of those are, are more personal. It's a phone call and, and a drop-in. Yeah. The rest is, is digitalized, but they all have to be congruent. They all have to line up and connect the dots. And, yep. and this is for us, everything about technology is making sure that there's no gaps. There's no things that can fall through the cracks because that's what I saw in my career was constant. You go along and things would drop. Yep. Um, and then you'd, or, or you'd try and jump from point A to point D and miss point B, C along the way. And so, therefore, technology is very much about making sure that that workflow uh, is seamless uh, and that everyone can get on and do their face-to-face job really well. And that's the big change I see, is that the, there's going to be a far greater emphasis, and there has been already, in that relationship management side of things, uh, and technology enables that to, to happen in, a, in an in efficient and effective way. 
Yeah, and I, I want to get into that a little bit more in a second around, you know, what's technology and what's still going to be face-to-face and owning that relationship with the customer that's never going to be replaced with technology. But I know that a big part for you, and obviously you guys run a team of 70-odd people. It's a, a big team, and obviously you guys can't do everything yourselves. And I know that there's a big importance for you on leadership team and how you instill those leaders and actually get them to be able to distribute and get the work done and, and lead the way. Give the listeners a little bit more insight about how you think about the leadership team, the functional lanes and going about to execute on something. Yeah, great question. I think um, we've got some amazing people within the business who really have stepped up um, and shown interest, passion, commitment and taken responsibility in their roles. There was a, a time where John and I did feel like we were kind of flying the flag and having to implement, implement execute tick all of those things off but now we've got uh, some great people in management also in the partnership group and again wonderful leaders in the business that we you know we really try and empower them to make decisions empower them to you know whether they're good decisions or bad decisions we've all made mistakes we've all stuffed up but I think that's kind of how you learn along the way to make better decisions coming forward so some of the the team members in those management leadership roles have great relationships with suppliers. They're nearly now hearing about things before John and I are. And we're happy about that. You know, I think to see their career progression and their professional development, that's that's another core value of Cunningham's that, that John's instilled is to try and empower everybody to succeed and to thrive and to do the best that they can in their respective roles. Yeah. Makes our life easier. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'll open this question up to you. And I think you touched on it a little bit before, John, is the the future of business is obviously agile. It's still got to be people to people and technology has got to play a role in that. What are you thinking about in terms of what's going to be digital, what's going to stay face-to-face and how do you kind of think about that process? And I know that before you were talking about workflow and the great thing about workflow and the hard thing about workflow is because we're dealing with people at the end of the day, it's not A to Z. It's usually an A to D and then come back to B because people are human at the end of the day and it's an emotional decision to buy or sell property. Give us a little bit more insight into that. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point because you know one thing again you're constantly discovering and you're developing, and I, and I always go back to the past to to sort of look at where we sit in the future in terms of how we dealt with people and, and what it is. And what we've discovered along the way is that most clients that we're dealing with actually have no idea what they're doing. Right, that's a reality. So uh, if you think that you're dealing with someone who knows what they're doing and you make that assumption. Uh, there's going to be massive amounts of gaps that they're going to fall into. Yeah. Um, and we had an interesting client survey last year where it pretty much showed that for what they knew they had to do or, or knew about the process they that was involved in, they thought, oh, we probably know about 50% about what we're going to uh, approach this, both buyers and sellers. And there's probably 50% we don't know. When they finished the process of buying and selling, they discovered that they only probably, that first group only fell into 40%. So there was another 60% of what they didn't know they didn't know. And, and that, to me, is, is such a powerful set of insights to understand um, our role, right? Now, our role to guide uh, as a trusted advisor, uh, so in other words, to guide them on a journey, we have to inform, we have to make people be aware of all the things that they're going to come across and, and what they're going to face, and then put them into a place where they can make good decisions. So I call it influencing good decisions. So yep. if we look at that reality of where technology fits in, where does the personal fit in? There's a lot of information. We, we'll take the, the proposal point as an example. So we're booking an appraisal. We're framing with that client 
what information we're going to send to them. In other words, we're going to be sending our seven key selling strategies so they understand exactly what the process is going to be. And, and you know, Angus, look, take the 10 minutes to, to read it because I can tell you when if you take the 10 minutes to read it before we come and meet you, it'll make that conversation so much better. You'll get so much more out of it. So when you frame things like that, there is a nine times out of 10 more likelihood that they're going to read it, right? If you send any material out in a digital form without framing what it is, it's, it's the opposite. There's little things like that that set people up to make good decisions. So what our job, we're guiding them, we're influencing them. At the end of the day, they're going to make the right decision. So when you start to understand the value of what you're providing, you can understand what you're worth. And that's one of the things that I think a lot of agents over the years have just thought they're worth something for the result they achieve. And they actually don't realize what they're really being rewarded for along that way. And that's when you become invaluable to your clients. So technology will fit in all those spaces in between. And it will provide the channels to, to provide great information, insights, you know, understanding the market, analysis of the market. I mean, our job, we, we are so much better positioned to analyze the market than anyone. Uh, a journalist can't do that. You know, that's, that's a reality, right? So we, we're analyzing micro markets and markets of, you know, down to micro micro in their specific property. We have to take that seriously. We have to actually take that on board and understand what our real role is here uh, to, to get people into a place where they make great decisions and they're such a great decision and they feel really good about it and they love the experience that we've provided. They love the whole team and the way we've interacted. And this is what we're seeing in our reviews from clients. It's, it's those things that all come together as the whole with all the little parts in between, of all the people. And they always refer to all the people that they, that they, that you just made it so easy. It was seamless. Everything went in the technology, everything. It's the congruence of all that working together. To close, we have two questions that we always ask everyone who comes onto the PropTech Insider. So the first one I'm going to give to you, John, which is, it's a direct question and it's a, what's your actual definition of success for yourself? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I was at a, a market in Hong Kong and they had this one of these things on the on the wall, and it, it was a uh, you know attributed to Buddha, yeah. as a lot of things are. They're either you know Richard Branson or Buddha or someone like that. But it just said you know um, if you are happy in what you're you're doing, that is the true definition of success. So happiness is success. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing more. Nothing less. We you know we we have a shot at life. We strive to do certain things, and and I, you know, how many people I've met along the, my journey who've said, Oh God, I wish I had spent more time with my kids. I wish I'd actually watch them grow up and 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 was involved in them and doing all these things and and you know my life would have been so much better their life would have been so much better I can't take that back and that's the thing to understand in life is you can't take things things back if you don't understand what's important and what makes you happy it's not necessarily the you know the getting of wealth or the or the toys or the whatever life is a whole bunch of experiences and every experience is people uh, I was at a conference once where Great speaker, I can't remember his name, and he just got up and asked everyone to write down their moment of absolute happiness they can remember. And, and there was not a single person in that room that wrote anything to do about real estate or deals or sales or money. It was a personal family-based experience. And so it's like, okay, well, you, you work hard and you do all these things to do what? To make money, to make your life better, or is it actually you're working hard to, to do whatever you do so that your family... Uh, can function so it's it's family it's you know health you you got to look after people your first family and then you work so it's a classic you know work to live not live to to work one thing you can't buy is time time is the last luxury 
<laughs> um, and, and finally, Bree, I'll leave you with this question. Tell us one thing that you're going to start, stop and continue this year. To keep it brief, I think what we're going to start doing is is better education with our team around technology and marketing. I think we're quite quick to throw another product at them, fire out, this is how you do it. We can totally improve on explaining the why, you know, why we're introducing a new tool that they can utilise, how that's going to ensure they're more efficient and effective um, and can do their job better. So I think that education piece around technology and even in marketing and brand, I think is is definitely on our high priority list. A stop doing, John and I were talking about this. I think it's just stop sweating the small stuff. Probably goes into John's previous question about happiness and time. You know, there's always something going on. There's always someone unhappy. There's always some drama. Um, but I think in reality, you know, when you take a good look at it, it's not that important. So I think just accepting that there's always something happening. Don't let it get to you. And to finish, I think continue doing is just keep being open to possibilities and opportunities. You know, the, the industry and business and our people are constantly changing. There's so many great, great opportunities out there. I think it's just staying open and, and grabbing onto those when we can. Always trying to strive to be better, to adapt, to change, um, rather than just you know, resting on our laurels and getting complacent and doing what we've always done. Awesome. Well, awesome answer and an awesome conversation. I really appreciate both of you taking the time to give the PropTech Insider listeners, a little bit of insight into your business. So thank you both very much. Thanks, Angus. Thanks, Angus. Thanks for listening to today's episode of PropTech Insider. If you'd like to learn more about our topic today, visit agentsolutions.com.au. If you enjoyed this topic and you want to hear more about exciting content that we have in store, please hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast app you use. See you next time.